You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. of the essence. Now, so we all know at the beginning of the year, COVID happened. What the heck? And the devil unleashed one of his favorite tricks. That is a spirit of fear across the earth from the four corners of the globe. And if that wasn't enough, when he created a virus through the hands of a lab in Wuhan, and he sent it out across the four corners of the earth, and everybody got afraid and petrified and started buying more toilet paper than they needed. And then we're isolated. He came in with another attack, a sneak attack, a spirit of offense. <gasps> he got everybody scared. He got everybody isolated. And then he got his Molotov cocktail of offense and he tossed it into the room. But you know what? If we are readers of our Bible, then we would have read in Matthew chapter number 24 that Jesus told us this would happen. So I want to speak today on how to overcome the spirit of offense, freedom from the weight of offense. I believe it is the word of the Lord. In fact, I know it is. I just know it is. As your pastor, I am discerning the times and the seasons, and I'm going to bring an anti-venom to the poison that the enemy has poured out. You ready? All right. Okay, so here's what the Bible says in Matthew 24. This is Jesus speaking, starting to read at verse number five. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see that you are not troubled. Beautiful. That's a nice word for somebody to grab a hold of today. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Hello, California. All these things are the beginning of 2020. (laughs) Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Sad face. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then, listen to this, underline this in your Bible, because we're going to be smarter than the devil. And then many will be offended. Many will be offended. They will betray one another, and they will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, are you hearing this, America? The love of many will grow cold. But, somebody say but. But. Come on, we've got to thank God for the buts in the Bible. But he or she who endures to the end shall be saved. Oh, come on, somebody give God a shout. So right here, Jesus is unveiling a signature move of the devil in the end times. He said, many will be offended. Many will be offended. And Jesus went on to say another time, woe to the world because of offences for offences must come. Why? Because us humans are an offensive bunch. Humans are going to human. If you're breathing air on God's green earth today, you are going to get offended. But you don't need to take offence. 
And right here, devil is saying in the last days, many will be offended. And then he goes on to talk about a progression. But if you don't deal with offense rightly, you'll become unfaithful. You'll betray one another. You will hate. The progression is you go from offense to betrayal to hatred. And then it says, and then false teachers will rise up deceiving many, which tells me the end game of the devil is I start with offense and I end with deception. You end up becoming vulnerable to deception when you don't deal with the spirit of offense. So today, my dear friends who I've missed for so, so many months, I have put together a Are You Offended checklist. <laughs> and the reason I'm doing it is because during quarantine, I'm like, wow, everyone's offended. We, we became offense troubleshooters as pastors. And the devil is, is so crafty to get everybody isolated and afraid and in their own houses eating way too much, <laughs> putting on that COVID-19 pounds, but they put on more than the COVID-19 pounds, they got a weight of offence on their back, and now they're wondering why they're anxious, why they're vulnerable to deception, and why the enemy is riding roughshod over their lives. Well, we're smarter than that. We're smarter than that, because Jesus told us it would happen. So we're gonna go through seven things to reveal if maybe you're carrying the weight of offence, and then we're going to deal with it, and then what to do about it. And really, this message, it's not to condemn anyone, because Jesus said many will be offended. All of us are going to get offended. It's going to happen. But here's the thing. He loves us too much to live with that weight of offense on our back. Your destiny is too important. You are too precious to God to be suffocated by this wicked thing. So we're going to go through it. You ready? And don't be nudging the person next to you. This, don't be nudging your spouse, oh my gosh, you need to write that down. No, <laughs> this, is, this is a message between you and God. This isn't between me and you or you and your partner. This is between you and God. And I just want to create space for you to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and then take it home and just see, oh, have I allowed that weight of offense to come on my back? All right, the first point in the checklist Everything about your offendee triggers you. They could walk in with the cure to flipping cancer and you'd still find something you don't like about them. It doesn't matter what, like their name triggers you. Somebody brings their name up in a conversation and talks about them in positive terms, but you just can't wait till somebody draws a breath so you can remind the whole circle of why they ain't all that. Or, or you, you, you're scrolling through Instagram, and this one's a classic for me because I spend far too much time on Instagram checking up on all you guys. <laughs> so I'm scrolling through, and I'll find a sure sign that I've let offense grab my heart is when I should be liking a photo, but I just can't like it. <laughs> and it's like almost too much energy to put my thumbprint on the heart emoji. And it's like God will say to me, ah, ah, offended, ah, offended, no, 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 Lord. Remember, I know everything. Oh, yes, I am, I promise. <laughs> and I have to deal with it. Maybe that's you today. Everything about them triggers you. There was a woman in the Bible who was guilty of this. Her name was Michael. She was married to David. She was a woman. It wasn't a same-sex marriage. She just had a masculine name. And she was married to King David. And she, in their marriage relationship, there were a whole lot of offenses that happened, a ton. To start with, she was a prize for him beating Goliath. Hmm. 
Sounds interesting. Look, you won my daughter. Not a great start to a marriage. So things kind of regressed a little bit from there, but then the story continued. They stayed married, but because Michael didn't deal with the little offences in her heart, one day when King David, it was a joyous day of celebration and jubilation, King David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel after it had been in enemy possession for a really long time. It was a day when all of Israel should be celebrating. But the Bible says, but Michael was watching from a window. And that's pretty much a sure sign you're offended. You're watching from a window. Everybody else in Israel is partying like it's 1999, but you're watching from a window. You can't celebrate the moment. You can't honor the moment. You can't like the moment because the person who was the creator of the celebratory moment offended you. And now you can't honor a moment of celebration because there's an offense in your heart. And the Bible said she looked from the window and she looked at him. He was doing everything right. He was a man of God, bringing back the Ark of the Covenant. But the Bible says that Michael looked at him from the window and she despised him in her heart. And then the worst part is the Lord struck her barren. Horrifying. He's like, I don't want the seed of the throne of David coming from a bitter, offended woman. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, girlfriend. Like, unless you're going to deal with your offence rightly, I am going to shut up your womb. This is heavy-duty stuff, this offence thing, and we don't want the past. Oh, they're talking about offence again. Of course we are. In the last days, many will be offended. I mean, look at what happened during COVID-19. Ah, everything about you triggers them. Amen, Leanne. That's, that's good. That was some good stuff there. How did I get point number one? I lived it first. <laughs> point number two, you have now become offensive. Inevitably, if you let that spirit of offense stay on your back, you will become the perpetrator of the crime you hate so much. Let me make you feel better about yourselves by telling a story of something that I did. So wasn't even just a couple of weeks. I mean, Lord have mercy. I'm a senior pastor of a church of thousands of people, but it was only just a couple of weeks ago. I put a post on Instagram and I have this gift of being accidentally controversial. I'm not trying, I promise. I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings. Those of you who know me know I am very agreeable and kind and I would never wanna hurt anybody, but apparently I hurt people without knowing it because I just tell the truth all the time. I think it's the Australian in me, okay? <laughs> so I did this post and then this guy who I've never met from New York, like came on and just read me the riot act, like tore me a new one on my page. You could have just kept scrolling, but oh no. You had to leave your comment. And he just caught me on one of, the, one of those days, you know, like normally I don't have them, but this day I just thought, oh, I'm just gonna fight fire with fire, just for once. I mean, what would it feel like to be Jürgen just for a day? Like it would be so awesome. You know when you're just having a bad day and you just don't care and so I'm like commenting. Like 20 comments later, I'm supposed to be working. I'm supposed to be pastoring you guys and I'm fighting with a guy I've never met in New York. And then I feel so good about myself. Because I'm actually an excellent arguer. I don't use the, my full powers, but <laughs> I can really turn it all the way up if I want to. Just ask my husband. 
but I've, I've submitted those powers to the Lord. But trust me, I could be a dark goddess of destruction if I really tried. So I'm using all my powers on this guy. And then I'm like, come on, Leanne, you are fierce. And then a couple of days later, I go back and I reread. And I'm like, oh my God. I was embarrassed to be in my own social media presence. I'm like, Leanne, in trolling the troll, you became the troll. I was the troll. And I'm telling you, I have never felt the Lord come in so brightly, shining like the sun in his full strength. He's like, are you looking at this? Are you staring at this? And the Bible says, do not answer a fool in their folly because you will become just like them. And I had become just like them. If you don't deal with offense rightly, you end up becoming offensive. Or maybe you deploy those, um, like those passive aggressive signals, which us women, we have perfected the art. And some men, you're not getting away with it either. There's some moody men out there. And we have perfected those, those passive aggressive signs and we walk into a room and we slam every door. We open doors just to slam them. And we're giving people the death stare if looks could kill. And then our husband or wife asks us what's wrong and we're like, nothing. Why don't you tell me, I'm not saying anything. You just said everything. You said it all, you're offended and now you're becoming offensive. But just, I feel like I need to put this out there. If you're one of those people who uses passive aggressive behaviors in order to offend the people that offended you and you're trying it with my husband, I just wanna just, just help you a little bit. He thinks everybody loves him. <laughs> he really does. So if you're trying to put down the pa passive aggressive in the hopes of Pastor Jürgen, yeah, he doesn't, he's not picking it up. He's not, he's not picking up what you're putting down. I tell him, babe, they've left the church and they wrote a three-page Facebook message of why they hate you so much. What? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> We're best mates. Like, I'm serious, he's a very unique man. He thinks you love him. So you might as well love him because he already thinks you do. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil. And that can be hard sometimes because evil is overwhelming. And we want to hurt him back. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. But Jesus spent so much of his time saying, don't do that. That's not the way to get it done. Overcome evil with good. Ah, oh, you hurt me. But I'm going to not do what you did to me. I'm going to do the very thing you should have done to me and I'm gonna repay you with kindness. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, not by stabbing each other in the back and writing passive aggressive Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dr. Matt. <laughs> No more points. Well, let's keep going, all right? I've got 12 minutes. Point number three on the check checklist. All the offended people come to you. 
This is a sure sign. If you're like an offended people magnet, and you're walking around, and you've got 17 offended people hanging off your limbs, and you're all complaining and talking about the same offense. Rant, 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 Pastor Yogan, rant, 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 Pastor Matt, rant, 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 the President, rant, 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 Nancy Pelosi, rant, rant, rant. Okay, wow. Are you attracting all the offended people because we attract who we are? Birds of a feather flock together. It's not in the Bible, but it's worth saying. You look for opportunities to have your offence affirmed by looking for other people who also may have been offended in the same way. Oh, it's a trap. Step away. Danger, danger. It's a trap. It's a trap. Now, I understand sometimes you have to talk with other people about your offences, but let the, the nature of the conversation be, I'm hurt, I'm wounded, I'm offended. Help me process this rightly. Help me do this in a way that is honouring God. And sometimes it means that we're going to have to cut off people who are going to tell you everything you shouldn't hear, but nothing you need to hear. You know, there's something far more infectious than COVID-19 right now, and it's a spirit of offense. And that's why the Bible speaks so harshly on those who operate with a spirit of division. The Bible says in the book of Titus, rebuke a divisive person one time, then give them one more chance, and if they do not repent have nothing more to do with them, for they are warped. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, the Bible is hardcore. You think we're offensive. Read the Bible, America. They are warped, sinful, and self-condemned. We're going to understand how the Bible talks about this behaviour. Again, why is the enemy so, 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 so committed to sowing discord and division in the church? Well, I think because the devil knows the Bible better than most Christians. And so in Psalm 133, it says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, for it is there that the Lord commands a blessing. So he's thinking, I don't want the church to be blessed. I don't want the people to be blessed. And people like good and pleasant environments. So you know what I'll do? I'll get them all with their knickers in a twist. I'll get, get them all fighting one another and dividing one another and gathering people to themselves and stirring the pot and bringing division. <sighs> Let's be smarter than the devil. All the offended people come to you. Well, what should we do when we're offended? Matthew 18.5 tells us, if another believer sins against you and it happens, and I know it hurts when we get offended and hurt in church because we come to church and we think Christians should know better, and they should, but we're still human, and humans are going to human. But then it goes on to say, go privately. Don't go to your group who all have the same offence and talk about it at a dinner party and clink wine glasses. Go privately and point out the offence. And if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Do you know what it tells me when someone wants to hold on to their offence? They're actually not interested in reconciliation. They actually like it. Some people are so messed up that they like being offended because they have like something to dangle over people's head, like some kind of wicked sort of Damocles. Raha! <laughs> and they love it. It makes them feel superior. Well, I got something against you. Okay, it's time to be a Christian, America. 
It's time to forgive, release it to the Lord and deal with it in a biblical way. You will be offended, but you do not need to carry a spirit of offence. You hear that, devil? You do not need to carry a spirit of offence. One of the biggest problems in our nation right now is undealt with offence. And we've got to be better and we've got to have a different spirit in God's house. Amen. Amen. All right, let's keep going. Point number four, you're lonely. You're lonely. If you're carrying a spirit of offence, maybe, just maybe, you're lonely because you've put offence around your life because everyone around you has hurt you or offended you or said something you don't like or believed something that you don't believe or had an opinion you don't agree with. So you've just cut everybody off and now you're lonely. And that, that makes me really sad. And it makes me really sad because I've experienced it in my own life. Well, I've been a pastor for, for almost 29 years and in the beginning part of my ministry, this is what happened to me. I was offended by a person in leadership. And as a result, I put a fence around my life and my heart. And I didn't realise, well, not only did it keep people out, stop people from hurting me, it kept me in. And I was lonely and I remember waking up one day when my husband was out of town and saying to myself, oh my gosh, I've got no friends. I've got no one to call. And it was actually a sobering moment because the Holy Spirit was able to come in beautifully as he does and say, Leanne, it's because you're harboring offence against this person. It's time to let it go. It's time to release it to me. And many of us, we don't know why we've got no friends and we're eager for friendship and relationship, but we don't realise that we're so prickly and oversensitive and judging everybody for not thinking how we think or having the same life experiences we have. We put a fence around our life. We don't realise that on that fence, we've got signs that say, attack dog, keep out. Enter at own risk. And you're like a dragon back there. Why don't I have any friends? Incinerating everybody around you because they, I don't know, they're, they're thoughtless like every other human. Most people aren't offensive on purpose. They're just thoughtless. There are a few jerks out there that mean it, but most people are just thoughtless. So what's the solution? You've got to become gracious. Lighten up, America. You don't have to grab every ball of offence that the devil tosses your way. I remember having this moment in my life where I was standing with a group of my friends and we were chatting. And one of my friends, my friends, my friends, made a statement, a very casual, insensitive, cavalier statement about drug addiction, like just something joking. And I remember it like, oh, I felt like I'd been stabbed in the front, which is better than being stabbed in the back, but it still hurts. And I just felt... And I was so offended, and I'm not one of those people that come, can come up with a witty response in the moment or, like, dress them down in the moment. So I went home and I was formulating my retort. <laughs> I was getting ready to write them an email. I cannot come back to you in the moment, but I will go home and write you a letter. <laughs> I was thinking about what I was going to say, the insensitivity. I mean, I remember saying to God, like, God, they know the journey that my family has been through as it relates to addiction. How dare they be insensitive? 
How dare they be casual? Don't they know how I feel? Uh. And then God stepped in. Leanne, no, they don't. They don't know how you feel. And then he took it one step further. And Leanne, you should thank God and pray they never know what it feels like. But the big thing of offence is I want you to feel what I feel, experience what I experience. It's never going to happen. Can it be enough that God sees the evil and the good and He saw it and He walked you through and He comforted. But if we try to make everybody else understand how we feel, we are literally signing ourselves up for a life of offence. Oh, and I had to let it go. I realise this is a message for the mature, but I'm speaking to you today as a mature Christian because this spirit has ravaged our nation. And I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, it is enough now. And I can't promise to give you everything that you need, but I will always bring you the truth in love. And I've seen this spirit tear apart families and churches and God ordained relationships and friendships. You think it doesn't matter because they're not blood, it's a friendship. Good friendships don't come along every day. But you gotta be gracious. Oh God, that hurts. But how could they know? How could they know? And what's more, I'm so glad they don't. Father, bless them. Lord God, I thank you that you saw. And at the end of the day, that it's all that matters. But maybe you're lonely. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger. Are you slow to anger? Or are you eager to pick up a fence? Are you looking for it? Mining for it. Maybe you're one of those people that likes to be a little bit self-righteous and prideful. I like having something against you. That's so wicked. Don't do that. The Bible says God resists the proud. And you wonder why your life's falling apart. Is it because you don't overlook offense? In fact, you look for it. And you're so full of pride because you love having that thing. Oh, yes, let me tell you how Pastor Yegan should have really done it. Oh, that Dr. Pastor Matt, too many titles. <laughs> oh, women preachers, I knew, I knew, I just knew it. Holes in their jeans. Good sense makes one slow to anger. Oh, I'm not going to pick it up. I'm not going to let you ruin my day, ruin my life, ruin my ability to love. And it is His glory. Oh. See, God sees a glorious person so differently to, we, to the way we do. It's not how many reps you can do in the gym and how big a weight you can, can lift. It's not how many deals you can close. It's not, not how much money you have in your bank. It is to His glory. A glorious person is someone who can overlook an offence. And I tell you what, they're a happy person and a peaceful person. And I can happily tell you that as I've lived this, not just preached it, I can put my head on the pillow at the end of every day and sleep. Because I've got no one living in my head, renting space for free in my head, and I'm pulling them out every night like a voodoo, stabbing them with pins. Relax, be at peace, America. You don't have to pick that up. Point number five, your offences. This is the saddest one. Maybe, just maybe, you're offended if your offences are being echoed in your children. This is a big one and this is a sad one. 
29 years of ministry, and I know that as sure as the day is long, you sit around that table and you disparage Christians, you disparage pastors, you disparage people, you're going to hear your offences echoed in your children and you will pass on a generational offence. Stop. I remember growing up with a family and after every service, this woman would sit around the table with her daughters and literally dissect the pastor. Oh, and when they said this, and that was out of context, and this and that, just full critical, tear into shreds, members of the church. Is it any wonder? Flash forward 20 years, none of her girls are in church. They don't even believe in God because they sat in a seat and watched their mother carve up the pastor like a Christmas turkey and then wondered why they thought the pastor was a turkey. <laughs> There's a famous story in, in American history, the feud between the Hatfields and the McCoys. Now that feud went on for generations. It started with grandpappy having an issue with grandpappy here, but here's why it didn't end. Because the Hatfields would sit around their table and they're having dinner. Somebody rang the dinner bell and they're all McCoy, McCoy, McCoy. And then over here, the McCoys are sitting around their table and they're like, Hatfield, Hatfield, Hatfield. And all the young'uns, all the little'uns, all the kin are hearing this conversation and they are fortifying in the next generation the same offence. Don't do it. Don't push your, your kids into the offence swamp. Oh, I just want to prepare them for life. Hey, listen, prepare them for life by telling them how to deal with offence rightly. Oh, Jesus said offences will come. Many will be offended. But here's, let me prepare you how to deal with it when it happens. You don't hold a grudge. You don't rehearse it at the dinner table, getting a whole nother generation angry. You release it to the Lord, just as the Bible tells you, oh, but we forgive. I thank God for my mother. And she is the reason after 29 years of marriage, I am not a bitter pastor's wife. And I mean it when I say to you, I love everybody. I love everyone. I love all people to the glory of God. And thanks to my mom who would not let me say stay offended and did not make excuses. Far too many parents doing that. And you get all up in your kid's business and you're rescuing from things where God's trying to teach him a lesson about life. Oh, I know, it hurts so good. I remember being in sixth grade and uh, the teacher was just like unnecessarily unkind to me. And I think God allows these moments. He allows them because nothing will mature you like your ability to deal with offence right. And he was just unkind. And I remember coming home, I was in sixth grade and saying to Mama, Mr. Evans, he picks on me. And of course she comforted me. This is not, you're meant to grieve. This is not the way the world is meant to look. That's okay. I said, well, mom, what are you gonna do about it? And she said, well, Leanne, I can do one of two things. I can go down and I can tear him to shreds. And I could say to him, how dare you treat my child that way. I'm taking him out of school and I'm homeschooling him. Or, I could teach you that in this life, not everybody is gonna treat you right, but you've gotta to learn to thrive and survive in spite of it. Leanne, you need to forgive and understand it's not you, 
there's something broken in him, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And that's why I can be me today. That's why I'm me. That's why I'm happy. That's why I can sleep at night. That's why I can get over little things easily because my mama taught me. She didn't teach me to echo offences. She taught me to deal with them rightly by surrendering them to the Lord. Can you do that? Don't have your children echoing your offences. The Bible tells us in Matthew 18, 6, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone, what, hung around their neck? Good Lord, I mean, drown in the depths of the sea? Jesus, how dare you? This is in the New Testament. That's not PC, what's happening? Because he knows how ruthless, how unforgiving this spirit is and how it will completely poison a human soul. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians, be very, very careful that you do not let a root of bitterness spring up on the inside of you because whatever you let spring up on the inside of you, if you don't hit it with the Holy Ghost, weed whacker is gonna bring forth a whole forest and your little saplings around you that are looking for nutrients and life and how to grow up straight and not bent are looking at you. What are you rehearsing at the dinner table? It matters. Oh, it matters. Amen, Leanne. Point number six, you're not praying. If you're carrying a spirit of offence, you are saying to the world, I don't pray. Well, how dare you, Pastor Leanne? How dare you? Accuse me of not praying. Well, you can't be. You can't be. Because how can you be talking to God and then not talking to one of your brothers or sisters? I, I'm sorry. You're I'm praying. You're lying. Uh, oh, she's telling like it is today. Yes, I am. I'm telling her like it is. Because you have misappropriated prayer. Prayer is a conversation. So I come to God. I got my list of all the things I want Him to do, laminated. Got my vision card from January before COVID hit, bringing that bad boy out. And then He's, if you're doing it the right way, He's like, all right, now my turn. Guarantee you, guarantee you. The first thing He's gonna say is forgive your brother who sinned against you, guaranteed. Do you know how I know? Because it's repeated throughout the Scriptures constantly. If you're coming to the altar to bring your gift and you remember that your brother has something against you, there's an offence in your heart, leave your gift and go be reconciled to your brother and then come back. What is God saying? Like every other parent, more than anything, the best gift you can give me is get along with your brothers and sisters for the love of God. I love, I love the thing you made for me in craft class, that, that necklace made out of macaroni. Beautiful. But do you know what I want more? Get along with your brothers and sisters. Do the hard work, Paul calls it, of getting along. Sometimes it's hard work, but you can do it because you're not like everybody else. You're strong, you're mature. You're not praying. Because I just know when I go into the prayer closet and I've got my prayer, I call it my prayer sifter. And I walk in offended because the world's offensive. People offend me. I'm walking in offended. Of course, you're gonna walk in offended, sure. But then you walk in and you've got your prayer sifter and you grab your, your big rock, Dr. Matt, put that one in there first, offended me. And then Pastor Jurgen, oh, you're gonna need a crane for that one, pop that one in there. And 
And remember, he doesn't know. He thinks you love him, just as an aside. And then all the other husband did this, and then my kids, ungrateful wretches. And then at work, I had an idea, and somebody stole my idea and took credit for it. I'm just offended. And you get in there, and you put them all in, because the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, which means there is an expiration date to how long you can stay wrathful or angry. So when we see that sun going down, it's a heavenly sign. It's time to let it go. Jump in the prayer closet and you start to pray. You've got those big rocks in there. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who have sinned against us, I release it to you, God. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's over. Wow. I feel so much lighter. I feel so much better. The birds are singing. The sun is shining. I don't hate you anymore. I'm not offended anymore. You may have meant to hurt me, but for what you meant for evil, God is going to turn around for good because I will not be offended. I will not carry a spirit of offence. Many will be offended, but they don't have to stay that way. Don't let it progress. Betrayal, hatred, then you're vulnerable to deception. I wonder during this COVID season, and and Pastor Jürgen has said, during this COVID season, we are to be gracious with everybody. He said, COVID is like Vegas. What happens in COVID stays in COVID. We're not, people are not themselves. They're afraid, they're overwhelmed, they've suffered loss, they're frustrated, they've been locked in their houses like prisoners and they're not being the best versions of themselves. And sometimes they're gonna do what the worst parts of their soul tell them to do. Can we be gracious? Can we take it to the Lord? Can we pray? Because when you pray, it can't stay. Write that down. When I pray, it can't stay. Amen, Leanne. I'm loving this. Point number seven, finally. You've forgotten what you've been forgiven of. I'm telling you, most of us are a bunch of hypocrites. We are literally like Nancy Pelosi at the hair salon. (laughs) Judging people and then caught doing the same thing ourselves. And here's a crazy thing about offense. When, When we offend people, oh, we want mercy. Oh, forgive me. Alicia, I'm so sorry. I was just having a bad day. I just wanted to know what it would feel like to troll a troll. I I didn't realise. I'm so sorry. Please give me mercy, mercy, mercy. But when we're offended, we quit asking for mercy and we want justice. You give me mercy. But then, you know what? I want justice from you. It is literally the polar opposite of what the Bible tells us to do. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tells a story about a man who was owed, who owed a great debt. And that's all of us to the Lord, by the way. And he tells this story. So this man came to the master, came to the father and said, oh, will you please forgive me of my great debt? And the father in all his benevolence because he's rich in mercy said, yes. I forgive you. I forgive you of your debt. That very same day, that same man went out and found somebody who offended him, who owed him something, and grabbed him by the neck and who shook him. 
He said, I'm not gonna let you go. You off to prison until you've repaid what you owe me. Now we owe God like a million bucks. Dr. Matt owes me $20 that he borrowed at Starbucks, but I'm acting like it's the end of the world and I will not let him go until he pays it. (sighs) But here's the thing about that story. The angels were watching. And angels, I've figured out, are a bunch of snitches. So they are watching. They're watching it happen. And they're seeing it happen. And they're like, oh. And they run back to the father and they're like, Father, did you see what that guy did? You just forgave her a million dollars. And then she went and found Dr. Matt, who owed her 20 bucks and she's thrown him in prison. And then the father came back and he's like, what in the ever loving? What the heck? I forgave you freely, I gave you mercy. And the minute my back is turned, you are asking for justice, it's not right. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And the only people that should be scared by that scripture are the merciless. Are you merciful or merciless? What is the cry that should be coming out of America right now? Not justice, mercy. Not justice, mercy. No, you owe me, you pay me. You've got a debt. Mercy, oh God, mercy. Can we change the channel in America? Can we shift the dial from vengeance and spite and unforgiveness and hatred to love and mercy? And I forgive those who sin against me. What does the Bible tell us? Come on. It tells us. It tells us, yes, let's give glory to God. Come on, mercy. Oh, Father, mercy for this great land. We call out mercy, 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 mercy. Thank God you didn't give us what our sins deserved. You looked at us and you said, I want to extend mercy. That is the strongest, most maturest, most spectacular person in the entire world as far as God sees it. Mercy, I could have held it against you. I could have held a fence in my heart, spite in my eyes, spat at you like poison every time I saw you. But I decided to be merciful. What does America need right now? It doesn't need justice. It needs mercy, 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 mercy. Have you forgotten what you were forgiven of? It's easy to do. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 23, speaking about Jesus. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. And that's hard. And the difference between us and Jesus is Jesus was perfect. So if anybody could retaliate, oh, it's him. But he did not threaten revenge when he suffered. Look at this. This is how you deal with this. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. See, you're trying to get men to try your case. But don't leave your case in the hands of man. Leave your case in the hands of God. Sometimes when we're offended and the offence is large, we don't want to hand it over to God because we're afraid of what He'll do with it. Oh God, you're nice and I want them to hurt. But listen, when we leave our case in the hands of God, it's not forgotten tucked away in a little drawer. Did you know that justice and righteousness are the foundations of His throne? So when you hand your case to God and trying to, instead of trying to execute justice your own way, you're always going to win because He can't help but bring justice because His literal throne is founded on it. And here we are trying to exact vengeance and justice for ourselves. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And what is the cry of every offended person's heart? 
I was not valued. I was hurt and it made me feel like I don't matter and I matter and you do. Yes, you do. And what happened to you was not okay. And what they said is not right. And the way they treated you was not fair. But God has so much more for you than than for you to carry that spirit, that weight on your back that you were never designed to carry. And I think America, if we could learn to get our affirmation, our value and our love from the right source, what the knuckleheads on planet Earth do is not gonna offend us so much. I remember being in Australia, somebody said something so unkind to me and it struck, you know when somebody says something and it triggers you because it kind of like, they're saying about you what you've said in the darkest parts of your soul about yourself and you've tried to reject it. And then they say it and it's like, oh my gosh. But then you're offended because it's just so wounding. I remember feeling that way. You know, I couldn't wait to get home and jump in my prayer closet. Go, oh God, you saw, you saw. Father, what they said hurt, but it's only a flesh wound because they were never in charge of my value. They were never my source of value or affirmation. Father, I know you love me and you tell me that every day. I think if we could look to our Father for our affirmation, our our validity, our value and our security, when the people out here don't get it, it's less of an issue. All right, stand to your feet. We're probably done. Yep, we are. Oh, wow. I preached long, sorry, but it was very good. And I say that without pride. Right, lift your hands to heaven. Father, God, I thank you for these people. I thank you for their futures. Oh God, you love them. This wasn't a message of condemnation today, but the greatest message of love, greatest message message of love. The Bible says, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. For those He loves, He corrects. Ah, He loves you, He loves you. He sees the torment, He sees the pain, He sees the trail of busted relationship, the tears at night, the lack of peace, the fractures in families, and He wants to make things better than they've been. When you stand praying, if you have anything in your heart against your brother, forgive them and release it to God. Father, I thank You right now, we're gonna do the work of forgiveness. Father, help us be gracious people. Help us stand in this hour and be the light that the world so desperately needs to see in this hour. We are not those who cry for justice. We are those who say, oh God, mercy, mercy. Have mercy upon me, oh Lord, according to the unmatchless measures of your kindness. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now for every person standing, some carrying little offences, others carrying big ones, great grievances in their heart over wounds afflicted. Father, we surrender them to You and we say we bless that person. As hard as it is, we do the good work of being a Christian. We bless those who curse us. We love our enemies and we pray for those who persecute us. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Somebody give God a huge shout of praise. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.